It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. If you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1. You get a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. He is Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter. He's the man. I think he's the best fantasy analyst in the galaxy. And we're getting closer and closer, Evan, to Tears of Evan, which everybody loves. I actually got a chance to hang out with our guy, our Tears of Evan guy, Scott Sheriff, the keyboard player for Carrie Underwood a couple weeks ago. By the way, getting closer to Tears of Evan means we are opening up. Get in the club. The Fantasy Feast season-long redraft club. We are opening that bad boy up. You can get in the league now. I don't know how many we'll pick each week. I got to do the math. Maybe two each week here on out. Between now and when the draft is, something like that. I'm not even going to tell you guys how you can enter. You get creative. You know the things I like. You know that you can buy gear at RossTucker.com. You know you can take advantage of our sponsors. You know about Tuckheads. You know about Amazon. Look, I'm not, I don't want to limit you. I don't want to limit your creativity. But you know how to get to me. Ross at RossTucker.com and show me how badly you want to go against me and Evan in the official Fantasy Feast Redraft League. Well, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, Evan, because ever since he won the Fantasy Feast season-long league, I think, I can't remember if he said, do I get to come on the show now, or I suggested it, but his name is Anthony Combs, and he was last year's season-long winner. We love getting actual listeners to come on the show here on on the Fantasy Feast. Anthony, it's Ross. It's Evan. I think you know who we are. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I think I better hope I know who you are, right? <laughs> glad to be here. All right, so we got to start with this. Where, where are you from? Where do you live? I'm actually from Webb City, Missouri. It's right outside of Joplin, Missouri. Um, you had actually talked to a guy that's from here a little while ago, but I could not remember his name. And he has a podcast as well. And I remember Matt Miller, my, my little small town. Yeah. Matt, Matt Miller. Miller, NFL draft scout. One, okay. one I talked to him on, yes. I think college draft podcast. So that's question one. Question two, do you have an NFL team? Let me guess the chiefs. Oh no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I know I should with the area I'm from, but honestly, my team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, how'd that happen? Yeah. Honestly, the, the first memory I could think of with the Eagles is I walked into my uncle's room and he had Randall Cunningham's jersey up on the wall and there was just Eagle stuff everywhere. And then I honestly it came from more so playing Madden and then fell in love with Andy Reid and he was such a great coach and Unfortunately, you know, we had to see him leave, but then we got Doug Peterson, brought us the Super Bowl, and can't be mad about that at all. <laughs> no. Um, 
And then what about the fantasy feast? Like how, how long have you been listening and, and how did you start? How did you first hear about it? I think I've been listening now for four years. Um, honestly, I only have three leagues that I'm in and they're all just for bragging rights. <laughs> so listening to you on the podcast and I was just like, you know, I have to get in this and i was actually in there with you once before, I think two or three years ago, and I placed like second or third, and I've just been trying to get in ever since to finish it out and get a championship. Do you know how you first heard about the show or came upon it? Honestly, at this point, I cannot remember. I think it may have been one of the programs you did with the Eagles, and then it kind of just stemmed from there. I was like, you know, who is this Ross Tucker guy? It's pretty cool. <laughs> Good. I just want to make sure uh, that I was the reason why you came and listened, not Evan. That was the key there, Anthony. That was the right answer. Oh, yeah. That, that was the right answer. <laughs> that, that was the key. Um, how, so how long have you been playing fantasy? I've been playing fantasy about 12 years now. Uh, okay. That's where I got into it, you know, a little bit more seriously. And, uh, really just started taking off from there and getting a little bit more interested in it. But no, it's hard to, hard to find time. I got six kids, so <laughs> what I can only do so much. How, how old are you? I'm 29. How old are your kids? Oh, you would ask me that. I should have wrote it down, huh? Now I'm going to look real bad. Let's see. I have 10, <laughs> 10 year old, eight year old, seven year old, six year old, uh, <laughs> a two-year-old in seven months. I think that's everybody. Damn, Cromarty, you're not messing around. <laughs> I'm hoping I definitely don't catch up with Cromarty. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> you're 29 with six kids. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe I lost to a guy who's 29 with six kids. <laughs> That is unbelievable. <laughs> there Evan, a lot of willing and dilling. Evan, how did you? How did you lose? Evan, you're supposed to be a fantasy expert. How did you lose to a guy that's 29 with six kids? I don't know, man. I mean, I feel bad. You know, I just, <laughs> I just been feeling bad. He, he didn't come to the show for me. He beat me with six kids at age 29. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know. I, I just feel bad. <laughs> All right, so then here's my question for you. This is the last question about uh like last year your background before we dive into your thoughts for this year. But do you remember okay. like how did you win last year, Anthony? Like who were who were your dudes last year that separated you? Uh cuz I think I think I got into the playoffs. I think Evan did as well. Who were your dudes that kind of put you over the top? Honestly, I went into the draft thinking, you know, I'm going to take a few wide receivers high. I'm just going to wait on running backs. And I ended up getting Mike Evans and OBJ, which, I'm sorry, Odell Beckham Jr., which at the beginning of the year was great, you know. And then at the same time, I had kind of lost internet connection and had auto-drafted Russell Wilson. <laughs> and I was a little upset about that because I think it took him as, like, my third-round pick. And so that landed me Mark Ingram and Adams, uh, Jamal, Jamal Adams, not forget, for the 
Green Bay Packers. Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Devontae Adams, yes. Oh, my yes, gosh. Now you're killing me, Anthony. <laughs> oh. Now you're killing me. You, you don't even know Devontae <laughs> Adams' first name. You auto-drafted <laughs> Russell Wilson. I, I, we probably should have talked about this before we actually brought you on the show for an, for analysis and insight. Yes, uh, but what I can tell you is that that's one of the beautiful things about fantasy is just to not give up. I was really upset with my team at the beginning. Felt like I had the off-suspension team there for a while. And, I mean, I just started willing and dealing hardcore <laughs> and trying to make any trades I could. And I'm not even going to lie. What I tried to do was make high-risk trades, and if I felt like I might lose that trade, I made sure it was with the team with a bad record, like zero wins, so at least I could start knocking other people down the ladder at least a little bit. Got it. All right. Well, we're going to get your opinion and your thoughts on the upcoming season a little bit, and I know Evan has some questions for you, and I might as well. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, um, no, I mean, that's like a legitimate strategy. You know, you're, you were taking big, big risks. You're trying to finish in first, you're not, you know, and you were able to get there. That's actually pretty impressive all in all. Um, all right, so so have you started to prep much for the, for the 2019 season? I have a little bit now that we've entered into the dead zone. Um, yeah. I know that this conversation stemmed from a question that I had asked Ross, and uh, the question was, is that I was offered to trade the Dynasty League girly for Antonio Brown, and I wasn't sure exactly how I should go about that. Yeah. So, all right, so you were offered girly, and you have Antonio Brown in a Dynasty League right now? Yes. Yeah, that's not an easy question at all. Let's, <laughs> let's address that at, at the end. One guy I did okay. want to ask you about, though, is Todd Gurley. And, you know, I, I, I just wanted to kind of quiz you and, and um, you know, get a, get a look inside your mind about Todd Gurley because, you know, the team's actions, you know, it's not just like, oh, a, a bunch of, um, you know, just random skepticism and, you know, people being speculative because of what happened at the end of last year. It's the actual team's moves that – you know, um, hint at major concern inside their organization from, um, you know, t like publicly talking about saying that they want to reduce his workload to matching the, the restricted free agent offer sheet for Malcolm Brown to trading up for Daryl Henderson. Um, where do you feel like you stand on him? Let's just talk about from a redraft standpoint. Like, do you think you're going to be drafting him? Look, his ADP is starting to tumble in like, toward the third round. What, what do you think about him right now? Honestly, in my opinion, yes, it has dropped him pretty significantly. I mean, there's a lot of risk to take with him, and it's just the unknown. I mean, sometimes the unknown can be a good thing. You could end up getting a steal, but I don't think I'll be taking him top five like he normally goes, even though he has so much talent. You just don't know. Don't know about his if there will be an injury, you don't know about if you're only going to get 10 carries a game. And then there's also, he can get 10 to 15 carries a game and still get 200 yards. <laughs> He's yeah. a great talent. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in that Dallas game, he had 16 carries 
and he, you know, he had, he had a, a monster game in that playoff game. And I mean, he looked pretty darn good in that game. Uh, but then throughout the rest of the playoffs, he just, they just weren't using them very much. And, um, you know, again, the, the team's moves is really what is alarming, sets off the alarm bells. But he's such a big topic that I wanted to cover him um, first things first. How, what do you, how are you feeling about the top of the, the wide receiver? So there are, there are a lot of really good ones, I think, in that first tier with Odell Beckham, with Devontae Adams, who you know, helped carry you last year. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones is always up there, even though he, he's like allergic to the end zone, although he had eight <laughs> last year. He had eight touchdowns last year. Um, I have Juju Smith-Schuster up there this year um, as a guy who finished uh, top four in targets, and then the Steelers are missing the fifth most targets from last year. So, I mean, how many targets, you know, is his ceiling? He, he could easily lead the NFL in targets. And then um, actually moved Mike Evans up into that first tier uh, recently and moved Keenan Allen out of it. Um, but wh- who do you think that right now, if you had to pick from all those guys, um, who would you want the most out of that first tier of wide receivers? Honestly, I hate to say it, but I'm more leaning towards um, Odell Beckham again. I know it sounds bad because it seems like a homer pick because uh, that's who won me my or helped me get a championship last year. But I mean, there's a lot of hype around Cleveland, and I think it's well deserved. And I mean, I don't know how you're going to stop Jarvis Landry in the middle and Odell Beckham running around, as well as their awesome running backs they have. If Duke decides to stay, and then you got Chubb as well, and I'm thinking that they're going to be a top five offense this year. And uh, I'd like to look at getting a piece of that, especially when they're going to be chasing points in their division. Yeah, you know, I and I have Devontae Adams number one, but I think that if I was just going to rank him in terms of just sheer upside, I think that I might have Odell Beckham number one. I mean, it's 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 hard to separate those guys. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, like, you know, we, we all love him too. Um but yeah, I think that just if you're just straight looking for upside, it might be the, the answer might be uh, Odell Beckham. Um, are there any sleepers that you're that you're looking at so far? Um, you know, just listening to podcasts and doing the, the research during this dead period, which is a great time to do research. Um, are there any sleepers that stand out to you so far? More so on the quarterback side. You know, I think Deshaun Watson should have a a great bounce-back season. And, you know, Cam Newton, I mean, I think the only place he can go is up from here. But, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's too, no, I, I, so much – it's, optimi- it's optimism season right now. <laughs> right. Everybody yeah, no, looks I, good. I, I like that you named Cam Newton because his ADP is real low right now. I mean yeah. – He's going like QB 11 through QB 14. Um, when the guy's been healthy, he's never finished worse than like QB five. Um, and he, he was off to a real hot start last year before his arm kind of just gave out over the last like month or month and a half. Um, but, you know, I, I like the way that that offense was moving last year under Norv Turner early on. Um, once I'm editing Warren Sharp's uh, book right now, we just finished. And uh, 
one thing that the Panthers did a lot of last year that Warren Sharp loves is um, they threw the ball to their running backs on early downs. And you see Cam Newton, his uh, completion percentage was up toward like 68, 69%. He really has not been a super high percentage passer um, in his career. You know, he's under 60% for his career, but they were able to spike his completion rate. Um, they didn't ask him to throw downfield as much as he had uh, historically uh, that, that protected their offensive line because they were getting the ball out more quickly. And it also emphasized getting the ball to their kind of like stud run after catch playmakers like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and um, Ian Thomas. I mean, they have like a pretty impressive young core of skill position players. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that he's a good value right now. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so with, so you mentioned that you have three leagues. What can you just tell us about the leagues like in general? <laughs> Not really much to brag about. <laughs> um I have one that's just with the group of friends from high school. But of course, you know, fantasy is kind of what brings people together nowadays, so it keeps us all in touch and everything and it's just a standard uh PPR league. And uh yeah, I know that's the new standard. That's kind of counterintuitive. <laughs> and then my other one is a dynasty league that I actually started up and um, I won that one last year as well, but it's more family members. So they're not as good. I'm trying to get them to step up their competition, you know, so I'm not just rolling on them every year. <laughs> mm -hmm. But along with what you were saying with Cam Newton is that's also why me myself, I have Christian McCaffrey as my number one pick this year which isn't very popular. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> right now, if we were just to do percentages, um, it'd be Saquon Barkley like 70%, and then it would be um, Christian McCaffrey like about 15%, and then the other 15% uh, just goes to a variety of, of other guys. Um, so I think that he's number two, but it's a distant number two. But I think it's especially because because you play so much PPR. I mean, he's got to be okay. in that mix. I mean, he he broke Matt Forte's record for the most receptions by a running back in NFL history. You know, and I think their offensive line looks better this year. They're a real interesting team to like bet, like maybe maybe bet like the the over on their win total. I mean, you know, they're, they they could have a, a a big big year offensively, and their defense was bad last year. And I think it's just gonna, it's going to be better. But being an Eagles fan, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about this running back situation because there's a there's a lot of names there. You know, um, there's Miles Sanders who they use a second round pick on. There's Jordan Howard who has had some success in the league. You know, he's kind of like a, a kind of a one trick pony kind of running back, but he's had he's been a, a, an effective runner um, in the league for multiple years. And then you got a bunch of guys like, you know, Wendell Smallwood and, and Boston Scott and Corey Clement. How do you see that backfield working out? And, um, you know, are you going to be targeting it in, in fantasy this year? See, that's one of the things that scares me is I believe that – I know that's another homer pick, but I believe that the Eagles offense is going to be number one this year, which makes me want to avoid – their situation. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of running backs in the mix. If I was to rank them, I think I would go Howard, 
Sanders and then Clement. And then it's going to be scraps from there because they have Adams as well. And we don't know if he's even going to make the team. Boston Scott looks really good in training camp, but the little shifty guys always look good in training camp. So you're not sure if that's going to translate. And Wendell Smallwood somehow just sticks on the team every year. (laughs) He just doesn't go away. Um, He's just consistent and nothing real explosive that you'll get from him. Uh, But that's how I would shake it out. I don't get a lot of people say, you know, how Howard, the one trick pony. And I don't know if that was the coaching in Chicago. He only caught, I think 19 balls last year. But um, from what I've seen so far of their training camp, it looks like he can catch the ball to me. (laughs) They're not just running them on small little dump off routes and everything out of the backfield. It seems that he's either been working on his hands a lot this off season or it's just something they didn't utilize because they have somebody way better in Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I mean, we heard the same stuff about Jordan Howard last offseason, that, you know, he's he's catching, you know, 100,000 balls a day, and, you know, <laughs> he's going to be a good – and then, you know, when push comes to shove, they, they don't use him as a receiver. But, um, no, but the Eagles' depth is just nasty. I mean, with the exception of the quarterback position – throughout their offense and really on their defense because they had so many injuries last year. So all the injury guys are coming back, you know, um, and all, a bunch of young guys had to play and got that experience. Right. And they, they kind of got it together at the end defensively, um, even though they had just mass injuries. But especially offensively, I mean, you got Dallas Goddard behind Zach Ertz. You know, you got Andre Dillard, your first-round pick, like isn't even going to start as a rookie, you know, you have all the running backs that we just talked about. You have JJ Arcega Whiteside and Matt Collins and Shelton Gibson behind, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, the depth is just insane. You know, teams do not have depth like this. Uh, not let's, normally. Let's put on the, yeah. It's not normal. Um, but let's talk just for, for our last question. How are you going to approach their pass catcher core this year because I'm with you they're going to be highly highly productive but because of that depth to turn them into a team that we kind of want to avoid you know or um, how, how are you treating their pass catcher core this year honestly that does make them more of a team that I would try to avoid um, if I was going to take anybody off the team I guess you'd want to go with Deshaun Jackson um, so far he's had a lot of hype in training camp and if he could just stay healthy, you know, you're looking at him being maybe top three in explosive plays this year. And a lot of people don't trust the deep ball of Carson Wentz, but he just needs somebody to throw it to. He's never had anybody to really go out there and get it besides Torrey Smith. And I mean, he's a great player and a lot of respect to him, but he's no Deshaun Jackson. Awesome. I like it. And and Deshaun Jackson's super cheap this year, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for coming on with us, Anthony. This was great. (laughs) Thank you. It was very nice being on. Really appreciate it, Anthony. Congratulations on winning last year. And, no, it does not get you an automatic entry this year. (laughs) you got to earn it by getting an entry like everybody else. But, um, hey, if you if you have something unique, if you dominate, then you'll have a great chance. Maybe I'll just get an RTFP tattoo. 
Maybe that'll get me in. Whoa! <laughs> as long as it's somewhere where everybody can see it and we get some branding and some advertising from it, you're probably in. That sounds like a terrific idea. You should do that, and maybe on all six of your kids, too. I think we have to hold off on them. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Thanks again, Rob. Evan, I really enjoyed that. It's so nice to talk to our listeners. Isn't it cool to actually have a listener and someone that beat us and, and get them on the show and talk to them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we haven't done that enough over the years, to, to be perfectly frank. I mean, we, we should be doing that every single year, uh, but it was good to finally do it. And, I mean, the guy had, like, I, I didn't think it was, I think his knowledge was pretty darn good. Um, and I liked that he, he did have a certain strategy, even if, even if it was, like, you know, super risky and, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it's not a strategy that you, you want to use in every league, you know. Um, but it was a strategy that he thought um, was the best one for him because he didn't like the way that his draft started. So he just started rolling the dice and he wound up, you know, being fortunate. But I mean, it was kind of a savvy strategy altogether, I think, in the end. Yeah, I mean, obviously it worked out for him. He also had a question that we wanted to get into in terms of his dynasty. He does he he has Gurley and he's being offered Antonio Brown or was it the opposite? No, that was it. Um, he's got Gurley and he's being offered Antonio Brown. <clears throat> this is really hard. I mean, you're trading for a receiver that is, you know, kind of on the back nine of his career, and um, your your running back is still young, although it feels like he's starting to enter the back nine of his career. Um, I think that I would not do it, actually. I think I would hang on to Todd Gurley because the risk is just as substantial with Antonio Brown changing teams. You know, you go back and look at how he has performed when he has not had Ben Roethlisberger. And now, look, I mean, I know we're dealing with starts made by guys like Landry Jones and Josh Dobbs. But, you know, that chemistry, that on-field chemistry that Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown had together you know, that that's really, really valuable. And, and it's not easy for wide receivers very often to jump from team to team and have immediate success, let alone year over, you know, several years of success. If Derek Carr doesn't play this year, or if he doesn't perform well this year, of course he's going to play. But, you know, if, I mean, I, I think that that relationship between John Gruden and Derek Carr is also kind of <clears throat> not the most robust um, and, you know, we heard a lot of rumors of them looking at quarterbacks this year. If Derek Carr does not play that well this year, um, they're going to be looking at quarterbacks in next year's draft. You know, they still have um, ammunition left over from the Khalil Mack trade, and they will be able to get, get themselves in a position to take the quarterback. So you're, you're, you're dealing with an aging receiver with a lot of uncertainty in the future. I think that you hang on to Todd Gurley in this particular instance but you continue to offer or you continue, continue to listen to offers and, you know, maybe try to get your hands on Daryl Henderson um, another way and kind of, you know, uh, protect your investment. Um, and I know that Malcolm Brown is super cheap. Um, so you, you might want to get all three guys, if you can, um, at good value. But, 
yeah, I think in the end, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to Todd Gurley in this particular instance. So I kind of feel like Todd Gurley and Tyreek Hill, who is the other guy I wanted to ask you about with the reports he's meeting with NFL investigators today, I feel like the variance in those two guys has a real chance to make a difference in people's seasons. Although, I, I have to think, Evan, the NFL, from a marketing standpoint, will want to get the Tyreek Hill thing resolved. My guess is commissioners exempt something sooner rather than later. So we'll probably have some clarity on Tyreek Hill, you know, before yeah. the season. I mean, we're going to have to have some clarity with him and before most people have their drafts. But if you have your draft before the NFL comes down with that information, you know, if he's suspended, you know, depending on how many games or how they do it, he could make a big – I mean, you could get great value there or it could be a total wasted pick. And I'm kind of with you on Gurley. I wouldn't like him from a dynasty perspective – but he could still have a big year this year. And with Tyreek Hill, it affects a lot of other guys, you know, because we're looking down the receiver depth chart. We're looking at, you know, could Sammy Watkins recapture that, you know, a thousand yard ability that he showed early, earlier in his career. Does he even have it in him because he's, he's hurt so often. And um, I think that his ability has declined on the field. Um, and then you look down further, you know, McCall Hardman, uh, who they traded up for in the second round, his you know fantasy football value and outlook is tied to Tyree Kill. Demarcus Robinson is a guy who got on the field a lot last year. They didn't like call a lot of plays for him, um, but that could change based on Tyree Kill's availability or lack thereof. And Travis Kelsey's ceiling even goes even higher without Tyree Kill in there because he could get, you know, a, a, a target and a half more per game, and that would be highly beneficial to him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult situation. You know, um, I was in a, a draft recently, and, and I didn't like any of my options at the end of the fourth round, and I just took Tyree Kill, you know. Um, so wow. I, it's just it, it's a draft-by-draft a, a draft, uh, situation where you're, where you're making decisions. Um, but I think that that's right now with the amount of information that we have. And I I personally am anticipating a six to eight game suspension uh, for Tyreek Hill. So that's kind of built into my outlook for him. Um, that doesn't mean that I have any information that anyone else does. You know, I have the same information that everyone else does. Um, but that's just kind of the way that I'm approaching him right now. And therefore, um, in you know a bigger draft, a 14-team league, I will look at him at the end of the, the fourth round, like in, around that fourth, fifth round turn. Um, and I think that you know, as you get into smaller leagues, then he's more of like a sixth, seventh, eighth round pick. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of that's kind of the approach that I'm taking to him right now. Man, that was awesome. I really, really enjoy that. We need to do stuff like that more often. So, so fun to have conversations like that. So, so fun to go to betonline.ag and use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus. 5-0. It's free money, dudes. You go to betonline.ag. You use that promo code. You get the welcome bonus. And 
if you're into like college football futures, national title futures, Heisman futures, I got Eli Herskovich from Radio.com. He's their sports betting guy. He is on today's Even Money podcast, so make sure you check that out as well. We, of course, talked Tyreek Hill on his situation with Andrew Brandt on the Ross Tucker football podcast. For those of you that, you know, I don't know, maybe you're doing best ball leagues and you're figuring out where to take Tyreek, if anywhere. Andrew had some insight there if you want to check that out. Other than that, yesterday's college draft, very, very cool with Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. Highly recommend that if you're into the, the pre-draft process at all. That is the marquee event. Other than that, totally stuffed. That was amazing. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.